welcome to Make Change Fun and Easy with your happiness expert, Samia Bano. This is the podcast to help change makers, coaches, trainers, and healers break your chains of fear so you can create the impact and income you desire with fun and ease. Please make sure you subscribe to enjoy every episode. This podcast is sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Hello, salam, shalom, namaste, sasrikal, aloha, hola, ciao, bonjour, buna, and privet. It's really, really good to be with you again. And I am so happy and excited that uh, you're joining me today. We have a very, very special guest with us today. It's Christine Elise, who's an energy and mindset coach. And I'm so excited for what we're going to be talking about, uh, uh, Christine. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. And will you just jump in and tell us more about who you are and what you do? Sure. So I have been practicing all sorts of personal development and energy tools for about 20 years personally, and I found them helpful to friends and family and really honed in on my mission of helping people by using these tools. So everything from tapping to pranic healing to energy clearing, all of those things have come in really, really useful in my life. And I see a definite need in the lives of others that, you know, come to me kind of organically as we get to know each other and find me or seek me out online to help with certain things. And it's all in the name of healing and helping and helping us all to improve the, my mindset is the vibrational frequency of the entire planet. Yeah, that is so cool. And you know, I really love engaging in energy healing work um, whether it's that I'm receiving energy healing or whether it is that I'm practicing any, any form of energy healing because like when we talk about making change fun and easy I think definitely this is something that it's like a game changer and it helps just make change it makes helps make healing so much more fun and easy um and not to mention like the profound spiritual growth that i have experienced through engaging in energy healing uh it's just been really really profound so i i i yeah i'm really grateful that i got I got introduced to it by one of my mentors and coaches, and um, I can't wait for us to learn more about it from you. Yay. (laughs) Awesome. So uh, please tell me more. Um, Do you have like a particular problem or challenge that you tend to focus on helping people with? So as I've worked with more and more people and had more people cross my path, what I'm realizing is for women, especially we're very holistic beings. Uh So 
Yeah. So the way our energy shows up as misaligned, for example, with food and diet and nutrition may also, and does often also show up in abundance and wealth and the way we handle our money and our ability to receive. And both of those kind of filter down to a fundamental uh, self-worth value, uh, like clearing out shame and guilt and embarrassment and some of the negative burdens of feeling and emotion that we've grown up learning to kind of live within. And so specifically, it's the energy clearing at the root cause level, and it shows up as a multitude of different, what I call symptoms in a variety of, in each individual. So particularly people do come to me a lot for the abundance and wealth piece, and then the health, wellness, especially like cravings, emotional eating, again, with that underlying foundation of the emotions. Yeah, isn't that so interesting that you know, you have whatever symptoms you have on the surface, but you start to be like, okay, let's get to the root of it. And there's some kind of guilt, some kind of shame. There's some kind of, I'm not good enough. Um, in fact, one of my mentors, coaches was of the opinion that if you dig down deep enough at the root of pretty much every issue challenge that people have there is that root cause of i'm not enough and i i'm not entirely like sometimes i'm like oh she's so right because <laughs> that is what it turned out to be so often but I, I i don't know if i'd claim that it was always the case but it's certainly a lot of times that is the case. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if, for example, in life, we can come from either, you know, love or fear, a lot of times when people are operating from fear, it is the fear of not being enough, not having enough, not doing enough, not mm -hmm. being good enough. And all of, and that some of that can be passed down generationally as well. It's our family histories. You know, what, what is repeated to us what people are saying to us, what they're putting on us as, you know, their beliefs when we're at a very young and impressionable age becomes, for lack of a better analogy, the record that plays in our mind over and over again. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting that you contrasted. I don't know if you meant to do that um, uh, consciously or if it's just, um, you know, one of the things that came up for you in the moment but you talked about love and fear. Um, and I was, I was wondering if, if you have any insights on like the relationship, uh, not the relationship, but I guess like, what is love? That is a question that I love to contemplate on because on the one hand, we have all experience love we all want love we all need love um but when you say to someone well what is love most of us don't necessarily have a very clear definition or understanding of what love really is and so maybe we can uh, explore that a little bit and then talk about fear Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode. 
Hope you're getting value out of it. For your information, this episode has been sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Are you a change maker, coach, trainer, or healer? Are chains of fear holding you back from making the impact and income you desire? Using a unique combination of positive psychology and the spiritual wisdom of our most effective change makers, the Happiness 101 program helps you break through your limiting beliefs and manifest the abundance and success you desire with fun and ease. Interested? Book a free Happiness 101 exploration call with me, your happiness expert, Samia Vano. Just use my online calendar link in the show notes. Now back to the show. For sure. For sure. So so my idea about love is that it's a multifaceted. It is, love is the purest form of this energy. We see it reflected in different facets. So for example, some people consider love their connection with divine source. Some people consider love being present with, you know, their higher self, Christ consciousness, divine consciousness. Um, there's a variety of, of names people call the same feeling or the same theory um, as we're all very diverse in our cultures and our experiences. There's also the, you know, there's what I call practical love, which depending on like, we could bring in love languages. So if you're a, a very practical love kind of person, maybe acts of service are how you really feel love. Um, there's also, I don't know if you're familiar with Ho'oponopono. No. Uh... So that is the, the ancient Hawaiian prayer for forgiveness. And... <sighs> <laughs> and they say, I love you as one of the lines in the prayer. And also there, the, the idea behind it is that we're pure inspiration. And to me, that is the, the truest love is pure inspiration. And what happens is throughout life, same way these subconscious patterns are picked up, we accumulate data in the form of memories. And so our job is to keep clearing that out, to keep this, you know, this divine pathway clear so that we can experience the love of inspiration uh-huh. and so it's like when we are disconnected from that love of inspiration is when the fear creeps in in whatever form that it does yeah and it's not even i i know in like the abraham hicks series they talk about even disconnection being such a strong word because there's never a point that that energy isn't seeking us there's a point that we can create obstacles to it. Yes, that's an excellent point. And I certainly, when I use the word disconnection, I don't mean that in any absolute sense either, but just mm-hmm. rather in terms of like a degree. Um, I mean, because there is, I think, degrees of how much disconnection you can have. And if you have even a degree of disconnection, like for me, that is an issue in terms of like for me from my understanding 
you know, our spiritual goal, uh, the goal of our spiritual selves ultimately is to melt fully back into the divine spirit that we are a part of. Um, and so, you know, it's like our, our purpose in this life is to do whatever we need to do, to learn whatever we need to learn, to be able to get back, you know, to to that state of being fully melted back, as it were. Um, um, and so any separation, even if it's a tiny bit of separation, like from, from a spiritual perspective, that's something to pay attention to and be like, hey, what can I do to um, resolve this or to, uh, you know, um, sort of become more aware of how, because like you were actually saying that the sense of disconnection is actually an illusion in some ways that our mm. perception that we have as our human self and it's based on our limitations and our attachments and so on and so forth so it's not i mean we are always connected but we we can feel disconnected mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely and that is perception and it's amplified like you said even if you're the slightest degree off of that alignment it can have amplified consequences and sometimes they're they're very intangible in a lot of ways um so someone mentioned this the other day to me too and I'm like I love analogies they just work in my brain so well and they were talking about if I was trying to drive somewhere you know your steering wheel is 360 degrees it's a circle and if I'm one degree off now my wheels are one degree off I'm not going to get where I thought I was going And so even having that slightest bit of misalignment or like you're saying, feeling that littlest bit of disconnection and having the awareness to kind of like bring everything back into balance. Yeah, I love that analogy that you made because, oh my gosh, that is a brilliant analogy. Oh my gosh, I love it because you're so absolutely right. It's like if you are a little bit off for just a little bit of time, and you course correct as it were soon enough, maybe no big deal. But if you don't realize that you are even just that the one degree off, in in time that will take you way off your path. Like I can just in my mind right now see back in school when we used to draw those angle lines. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. And you know, like you look at that spoke or like a reel and you draw like different angle lines within it. And and at the starting point, like when the two lines are meeting, there's so little separation. But even the one degree, it's like over time, it's like, whoa, it goes like, yeah, yeah. You extrapolate that out into the future and it's, yeah. and there's multiple reasons. I don't know, like, some of the ones that come to mind for me are like trying to survive. So if you're in survival mode, a lot of time that takes us away from sometimes spirituality and sometimes the alignment can feel almost like a luxury when you're just trying to survive. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. You just brought up another like really important (laughs) issue for me because you know, like one thing that I uh, I know has been popularized 
in popular culture is like all of these um theories about like let's say the um, what's it called i'm blanking on the but like the pyramid of needs and you know mm-hmm. uh, uh, modal uh, not modalities but theories like that that got popularized but the, what people don't realize is you know first of all the these ideas were initially generated like literally decades ago and at this point in time if you look at the latest research research shows that those models of course um you know there's uh, some really good insight that they give us but there is a serious issue if you take them very literally um you know because these models with like the pyramid of needs it's like okay first you have to there's your survival needs like food shelter etc and then i don't remember the exact order but then it's like okay a need for connection and then there is you know okay something something and then at the very top you know they put down the need for enlightenment or spiritual fulfillment or you know again people use different ter- terminology but they put that at the very top of the pyramid and the the idea that got popularized because that's how people initially thought about about these pyramids of need was that you had to sort of go up the pyramid and it was like a very linear process in terms of traversing one of the levels at a time and until you met your needs at the lower level you couldn't really uh, focus on the upper levels but what current research is finding and i think if we even look in our own experience we can see that that is not really the reality of our lives um there's so many people who you know may not actually like i am thinking for example of india that's where i'm from and you know uh, just the other day i was watching a documentary that was um a documentary on happiness <laughs> and um this started out the very first shot in the documentary they were showing scenes of uh, this man who lives in the slums of india and i mean over there conditions are really really bad like they didn't even have a proper roof over their head it was just a plastic sheet you know and he wasn't even alone you know he had a family he had a wife he had a child and they were like living under this plastic sheet of a tent and you know they're all engaged in like menial labor and there's like no proper sanitation around them and this and that and so on the one hand there is this reality to their lives and then on the other hand they show scenes of like at at some point the child comes out onto like outside of the tent so or whatever you want to call it um and you know just starts to play in the dirt and then the child is laughing and then the dad comes and starts playing with the child and they're like laughing and clearly you know having fun together just playing in the dirt with each other and um you know the 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 narrator in the documentary was like 
here is a moment of happiness. And here is this person who has like next to nothing, um, especially when we compare them to our Western concept of, you know, like a, like what, what we think of as a good life or a prosperous life um, and what we need or want to have before we think we can be happy. And, and here's this person and this child and, and they're finding these moments of happiness. And so what allows them to have those moments of happiness and what does that teach us about what happiness is and you know and so on and so forth and i i just love that approach to the question and just that that you know the the, the you know, just like sort of connecting it back to the idea of the this pyramid of needs, so to speak. And um, like thinking about it from like this, wow, it, it doesn't always, we don't always experience it in that linear kind of way because mm -mm. like what's the source of happiness? Like how can someone in that kind of situation, that man living in the slum, how can he experience any kind of happiness if the only way to get to, uh, you know, experience happiness is by going in a linear fashion through these mm. um, different needs, you know? Yeah, I think that's a really beautiful illustration. And I think it it furthers the concept that it is not necessarily linear. It's almost like you're in a video game, right? And you're on your journey. Mm -hmm. And on the journey, you're gonna take from different resources. So if we look at that pyramid in terms of, well, I do have to do these things. I do have to make sure I'm fed. I do have to make sure I have shelter. And at the same time, what keeps my spirit going? And that's some of those things on that higher, for, la for the pyramid scenario, the higher end of the pyramid mm -hmm. and to, to view it from the standpoint of how do we live our everyday lives? How do we make abundance and joy and happiness and health part of our everyday lives? And that's where we take what we need to keep going on the journey. And it may not always be the same thing. And it most likely is not going to be the same thing for me as it is for you or for someone else as it is for me, because we're all so unique. We've had such unique experiences and we're viewing abundance and happiness and wealth and health in terms of the filters we've been we've had put in place in our subconscious minds yeah yeah that is so true i agree with you you just made me think <laughs> <laughs> like okay another illustration of how you don't necessarily need to have material wealth and security in order to have spiritual connection and enlightenment um so when i think about like some of the greatest prophets uh, like spiritual prophets and faith leaders that we know of um like for example whether it's the buddha or prophet muhammad or jesus uh, you know all of these people i mean pretty much everyone who knows about them I think agrees that these are people who were spiritually enlightened and I mean to this day 
the people are following their teachings and they're you're inspired by them and improving their lives because of you know what they taught us and they didn't live in a lot of material wealth like they didn't they didn't have palaces or castles or cars or you know like even fancy homes or or i mean like there were sto- like i i remember i was watching this like drama on indian television about the buddha where they were um portraying how you know the buddha used to eat so little and and he ate only as much as was absolutely needed for him to sustain his sustain his life and his body and it was so little and and but he ate with such mindfulness that he didn't need to eat more and and he knew exactly when his body had enough you know mm-hmm. um and and with the prophet muhammad for example i remember stories of how you know he would be wearing patched clothes and he even patched his own clothes uh you know <laughs> or i mean there's stories about jesus um you know like he certainly wasn't living in any castles or anything he walked wherever he needed to walk to and you know like those kinds of things so um i mean in some ways it's like here are our models of you know people who have achieved spiritual enlightenment and so forth and look at the kind of lives they were leading in terms of their relationship with material wealth and comfort and then look at us and our ideas of what we need in terms of material wealth and comfort before we think we can even be happy and i think the people i've seen so if people are seeking happiness through material things then the material wealth doesn't seem to last for very long mm. that's kind of an easy come easy go situation now if they're already happy then the abundance is going to amplify it amplifies whatever's in the person right so it's mm. going to amplify the good in them or the not so good in them if for example if they're scarcity minded abundance is going to amplify their scarcity mindset and they're going to believe they're going to lose the money and they'll find ways to have to spend the money those subconsciously create sabotaging patterns to get them back to a comfort level of an energetic set point with money mm-hmm. uh, i've seen that happen to people or an energetic set point with an amount of debt they could pay off all of their debt and within a year be in the same exact amount of debt because that is a comfort pattern for them mm-hmm. it may trace back to you know believing from their parents that you can't get anything without going into debt and at the same time us having and generating more resources in our own lives does allow us to fulfill some of those energetic and spiritual contracts of providing help for others so somebody told me recently that i had no idea how much how many resources mother teresa had yeah and it was like it took me a second to kind of get my brain around it and i was like oh the reason she was able to do as much good is because she had so many resources and so like and with being mindful of just enough we tend to if people are looking for that fulfillment outside of themselves they will tend to accumulate more in the sake of constantly trying to find that empty fulfillment whereas if they're fulfilled in their own 
abilities and in their own right, then it doesn't become so much about the drive to accumulate for the sake of accumulation. Does that make sense? I think I said it that right. Does. It does. <laughs> I think, oh my gosh, you made another brilliant. The example of Mother Teresa is such a brilliant, brilliant example because when we think about Mother Teresa and the the resources that she had, she like she herself like she didn't have a lot of money or anything in terms of like her personal wealth, but she had access to resources. Like she was able to inspire people. Like she would she could go and speak somewhere and motivate and inspire people to give whatever it was that she needed to help other people so it's not like mm-hmm. she was collecting that collecting those resources or collecting that wealth for her own personal use i mean she lived such a, a simple life as well you know and and the same is true actually and uh, so many other amazing models that I have for that matter even the Prophet Muhammad that's exactly true and I'm sure that was the case with the Buddha and Jesus as well as like personally they didn't accumulate a lot of wealth but they always had access to whatever they needed whether it was to help themselves or to help other people like um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about like all the miracles that Jesus performed you know mm-hmm. and it's like isn't that like a way of him sort of tapping into the abundance of the universe to get whatever help he needed in the moment whether it was to cure the leper or you know to to give sight to the blind man it's like not the abundance doesn't have to be about material wealth mm-hmm. it can be about just about whatever we need in that moment if i need healing to be able to access that healing that's being abundant too yeah absolutely and there's so many i know we talked about like shame and guilt there is um I think there's some mindsets where there's shame and guilt about what we've done with our abundance in the past. If we feel like we've squandered it or we misused it. And then there's also some of this shame that underlies the, the desire for more when in reality, it's the value we're placing on it. And it's the, the truth behind why we want more and what we plan to do with the more, what we're trying to accomplish by, by getting those things. So like, even in the examples that you gave of people that, you know, their, their taking was very minimal because they were so spiritually fulfilled. Their need for material things was not necessarily as great as someone today might have. And they're still like, I see people that shame themselves into believing that they should live smaller lives. And it's not necessarily to say that it's to say that the balance and the value comes from within, like you were talking about, like, it's not, there's no shame in wanting more, right? Like there's no, if you want to be a multimillionaire and you're going to provide a service and a value that, that is in alignment with that and you're on purpose and you're on goal, then it goes back to what it's going to amplify within you, whether you're a good person or, you know, what your motivations are. So that's, that's it's just really interesting to see 
Oh my gosh. I think you just made another really excellent point. Uh, yes, because I think where the issue comes in is that do you think you're depriving yourself? I mean, if you're going to live an ultra simple life in terms of your material wealth or your level of um, you know, material wealth and so forth, are you doing that from a place of you feel like, oh, I'm sacrificing or giving up something that I really want and you actually, so, so on the one hand, you're like, okay, I'm going to sacrifice what I want in terms of material wealth in the name of seeking greater spirituality. But underlying that uh, decision, you actually still want, you're still craving, you're still desiring that mm-hmm. level of material wealth versus you know like someone like jesus who didn't even desire mm-hmm. like he wasn't living the lifestyle he lived with the mindset of having sacrificed anything mm-hmm. you know and, and the reality is with our energy, we're always sacrificing something. There's always an opportunity cost. Even if you look at just economics, if I choose to spend time or money here or there, by the example of finite resources in this certain moment, I am sacrificing the choice I didn't make. Now, there's a difference between the sacrifice and between the actual suffering of a sacrifice. Mm. So we may call it sacrifice as an opportunity cost. And I don't feel as though I'm suffering because the thing I chose is giving me greater perceived value. Um, and so that also comes into play with, like you were saying, if you still have the underlying want and you're trying so hard to strive for this level of sacrifice for some reason outside yourself, or the idea that it's going to bring you spiritual enlightenment when it's maybe a little miss, might be that single degree off from alignment, right? You end up somewhere totally different. Yeah. There's, there's going to breed resentment underneath that. And that's from a place of, again, fear and a lower vibe, negative you know, emotion. And that's where it's really important to check in and understand the nuances of your own perspective. Mm. That is so true. That is so true. There's so many ways to look at the same thing. And it's like, Ah. then you go down this path and you're like, okay, there's these branches. And then we go down this path and there's these branches. I mean, it's the conversations are endless. That is so true. That is so true. <sighs> okay, maybe I, I, I can just give like one more example <laughs> that you made me think of right now. Um, sure. the, uh, oh my gosh. So I, I'm actually currently getting coached. I'm always getting coached. Uh, but right now I'm getting coached particularly um, in that I'm thinking about Uh, in the context of working with um, a health and wellness coach. And she particularly um, is, um, uh, her area of specialization is teaching about intuitive eating. And I won't get into, you know, what intuitive eating is, but, you know, one of the things that I've been learning with her was a relationship with hunger you know, and she was talking about how like psychologically 
if you deny yourself something that you crave, then you tend to want it more. Like it actually intensifies the sense of craving for it. So, you know, like, for example, if you say, you know what, I'm not going to eat any carbs because I want to lose weight. So I forbid carbs to myself. But it's actually in many ways going to make you crave carbs more. And if you ever do get to eat carbs, you know, then you'll be like, oh, my God, I'm not allowed to eat carbs, but I'm going to eat carbs right now. And so you'll like tend to overeat and maybe even binge in the moment, you're more likely to do that because of this psychology of deprivation that you have sort of actually created for yourself by forbidding that thing to you. And so intuitive eating says, no, don't, don't forbid anything to yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that doesn't mean that, you know, you, 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 you like, be constantly binging or this or that but the point is to, again like going back to the example of the buddha to eat with mindfulness mm. and paying attention to what does my body really need and what does it really want in this moment and just honor honor the needs of your body in the moment yeah. you know and and that way you can have a really healthy relationship with your body and amazingly then you stop having cravings you stop um, you're able to actually stop binging or this or that or anything because you're just practicing mindful eating yeah yeah and that's i i've seen a lot of that so being that the two primary um types of people that have come to me are related to food and nutrition and that same cycle of there's like the binge eat restrict cycle and some of it also so in the present moment you're trying to come from who you are right now and what I find with people that tapping and energy clearing is so effective on is if they do have a craving or a propensity to eat emotionally it's tied back to one of those pre-verbal memories and so when we clear the association there I mean I had one client who she's been sugar craving free since September of 2020 for clearing the tie with one memory And this was the kind of person who kept candy on her nightstand next to her bed. That's how intense these cravings were. And so the deprivation amplified the craving because either there's a negative association and you need to go back and, you know, heal the inner child part, or there's a positive association. And anytime you want that positive feeling, you associate that food so strongly that it's almost impossible to ignore. And that's where I've seen a lot of this type of, I don't know if you've seen that with some of your energy work too, is that it heals that stuff that changes the habit going forward. Yes. Yes. And then that's actually one of the things that I love so much about energy work is that it can really help you with so much more ease to really get to the root and heal the root of whatever it is that you're dealing with so can you talk a little bit more about um just like um in terms of especially for people who are not familiar with energy work like what's an action step that you recommend your clients take or that you can recommend to our listeners to our audience now um, for them to take to 
begin to tap into that potential to heal themselves perhaps um, and of course i encourage all of our listeners to get help and support uh reach out to christine or anyone else that you know you would like to get help and support from but um in the meantime is there something that you can recommend for people to do for themselves one of the biggest things i recommend is awareness just the simple, you know, science has proven that our awareness of things can change things. And so being aware, being willing and open to be aware, because sometimes there's even blocks with that, being aware of what blocks are coming up, being aware of patterns of habits. A uh, big one is our self-talk. What are we saying to ourselves? What are we saying, you know, in the trance-like state we're in before we fall asleep at night? Are we going over every mistake we've made in our lives? Are we constantly berating ourselves? Having that awareness shifts our perspective and brings to light what actually might be the true underlying problem or concern or root cause. So my biggest, my biggest thing would be immediate, like right off the bat is have an increase the awareness and increase the awareness of your emotions. Emotions are a very good indicator of our vibrational frequency, a very good indicator of how we're operating on a regular basis. And so having the awareness and then checking in with emotions and then noticing. So be just kind of, I've heard this term used before and I don't know where it originated. Be a gentle observer of your own self and try not to be too judgmental on yourself, give yourself grace. Uh, but those three things, right? Like just having those things in place or starting to starting to cultivate that in your daily life yeah. and it's small steps it's not you know tomorrow i want everyone to wake up and be shouting on their front lawns how much they love themselves right <laughs> uh, we have to start where we're at and be honest and realistic about where we're at and still have a really good idea of where we want to go yes uh, christine you just keep bringing up stuff that i'm like whoa <laughs> a way deeper talking about this like just the idea of accepting yourself or your reality and and i mean like for me everything that comes before acceptance is like you're just being stuck in mm. the trauma or dealing with the problem um and you're trying and you're struggling with it you know and then it's only once you get to the point of acceptance that you can begin the actual healing in terms of actually beginning to to um, tap into the solutions of what mm -hmm. you need. You know, it's like you can't even begin to tap into the solutions or activate the solutions or implement the solutions until you first have awareness and more mm -hmm. than awareness acceptance of what you become aware <laughs> of in terms of this is the reality of where i'm at right now right right because if you're if someone's still denying it where's the action there yeah. <laughs> right oh my gosh oh my gosh okay i would love to just keep talking with you and we have to start to wrap up but do you have any last thoughts or bits of wisdom or anything else that you want to share for right now 
Uh, this has been amazing. I, I think it's wonderful the work you're doing. I think uh, you are going to inspire and already you're inspiring and helping so many people. And I think it's just wonderful. And I'm so appreciative to get this time to talk to you. And I know the previous conversation we've had, like we could just go on for hours and hours. <laughs> we probably should just hang out for a little while on another call. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thank you so much for, for having me. And I, I'm so appreciative of you increasing the awareness of these things to all of your listeners and everyone who follows you on, on socials. That's amazing. Thank you, Christine. And right back at you. Certainly right now you have been helping and you've been, uh, you know, just having this wonderful conversation and um, using this as our tool in the moment to increase awareness for our listeners so i'm so grateful and appreciative of the time that you have taken to be with us and i just want to remind all of our listeners please make sure you check the show notes because we'll be dropping christine's links in the show notes so you can connect with her and get her help and support if and when you're ready for it i'll also drop my links in there in case you want to get in touch with me and yeah basically with that i just wish you lots and lots of peace and joy until we connect next time (laughs) 